This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Throw on the slats, intercepted by Lewis Jones of the Huskies. They run the slant pattern, and Hoy puffs up the interception. Washington's got it. Washington's got it. Number one, Lewis Jones. You are about to enter the lounge, the sports lounge, with your host, Big Lou, and me, Big Lou's homie, Tony Kelly. You ready for the lounge? Welcome to the sports lounge with Big Lou, born in Venice, California, the son of a preacher man. He went to the University of Washington football team starting as a strong safety and outside linebacker. Big Lou has taken home three Pac-10 titles and two Rose Bowl wins. He had an undefeated season and a national championship in 1991. He's the CEO of Holy Fit 310 trainer to the California Hollywood elite. And now, please give it up for your host, Big Lou. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's that time of the week again. It's me, Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM, Santa Barbara News Press Radio. Man, I hope everyone like me, had a great weekend. Uh, it was Easter weekend. And, it, you know, I, I look forward to Easter weekend just so I can challenge a lot of kids to Easter egg hunts. And I'm a bully on the Easter egg hunt as well. I knock them down and move them out the way. If I get there first, it's mine. Um, there's a lot of parents that are upset with me today about how the Easter egg hunt went yesterday. Neither here nor there. It builds character for you youngsters out there that lost to me in the Easter egg hunt. Uh, that being said, uh, and we're back in school this week, which is another positive for some of the parents out there. Get some more free time at home. That's always nice. Um, real quick, I just want to a quick recap, just to remind everybody, we are in the basketball playoffs right now. Uh, and for, for the Laker, Laker fan nation and hopeful, so sorry we missed it this year. Um, you know, we can start working on next year early, which is nice. Uh, but, you know, we had the Heat knocked out the Hawks yesterday, uh, 115 to 91. The Celtics pulled out a, a barn burner, 115, 114. And the Bucks beat the Bulls, 93 86. The Suns are still rolling, 110 to 99. And I'm going to play off the still rolling because, in case you guys are unaware, you know, Los Angeles now, we, we have, we're, we're in Major League Rugby as well. And our L.A. team, the Los Angeles Guiltinis, are, are the defending MLR champions from last season. And their first year here in the MLR, we go out and win the championship, which is how we're now the defending champions. Uh, and we started this season a little bit slow, uh, but they have seemed to have of late found their groove and the Giltinis are currently on a five-game win streak 
if I'm reading that correctly, which is absolutely amazing. And we are fortunate enough to have with us in the lounge today another a guiltini giant, if you will, and Mr. Mr. David Dennis is with us. David, how are you, man? Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. How are things with you? Yeah, I'm well. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me, and and to everyone listening. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm the same as you. A little bit, a little bit of a chocolate hangover from Easter yesterday. Um, a little bit sore from playing too much rugby, but uh, we got a bit of a break this week, so we're resting up. And uh, yeah, like you said, we won five in a row, so we're we're starting to get some form and some momentum. So all, all good over with the Guiltinis. Man, that is exciting. Now, I, I, I want to touch on this. I know we missed you yesterday uh, in the match. And, you know, I've seen it happen a couple of times through the years in, in my time in sports and just watching sports. Um, what happened? We lost you. I'm going to say, was it the same, the same leg? Was it an old injury that kind of reared its head again? Or was this the other leg that actually went, went out on us uh, during pregame and warm up? I think it's just an old leg altogether. I think that's the problem. <laughs> uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, I've just got a bit of an issue with my knee at the moment where I've got a lot of fluid on it and I can't seem to manage it. So I've had, I've had it drained a couple of times and um, some injections to try and settle it down. It's not quite working at the moment. So uh, I couldn't quite get to the start line on Saturday. It sort of uh, didn't feel good in the warm-up. So I just I sat out the game, which is always hard when you're sort of ready for a game and um, excited to play. But uh, it, in hindsight, we got the win. So it was, it was the right decision. It's given me an extra week now to try and uh, get on top of it. But uh, no, it's just an old injury. I've, I've been fortunate enough to play rugby for about 15 years now professionally. So unfortunately, that, that comes with the territory of having um, pretty old joints that have not much cartilage left in them. So it's just a matter of managing that. But uh, no, I'll be right for the rest of the season after this bye. That's, you know, Definitely. First, let me say glad to hear that. We definitely, you know, uh, within, within the last real gladiator sports that we do have, obviously rugby being one, um, football, you know, NFL football, uh, of course, MMA and UFC, those things. Uh, we, we have no ill will and we don't want to really ever see anyone get hurt. But, you know, it does come with the territory. Um, and part of that, you know, we definitely wish all of our athletes a speedy recovery. So we wishing you the same as well. We definitely want you back out on the field as, as soon as possible. Uh, you are an intricate piece to the Guiltini's success. And, and, you know, with that much experience professionally in itself, you have a lot to bring to the table, even for our younger guys that are coming out there to just kind of maybe shadow you, watch you, mimic you, how you prepare for the game mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, and, and that preparation is a little bit different on game day uh, as well. Matter of fact, let me, let me ask you, what is your preparation like for getting ready for a match during the week and then game day? Is it different during the week or do you have the same focus during the week versus game day? Let, let us let our listeners know a little bit about that and, and what that is actually like, what it entails and how much effort that may take. Yeah, I think, um, I think obviously you try and get as much consistency as possible in terms of your preparation throughout the week and leading into games and Having done it for a long time now, you, you kind of find what works for you. But uh, in saying that, you never know how your body's going to react in the week before in terms of the, in terms of the game and and what happens in the game. So there are adjustments you need to make. Um, for us, it's pretty 
it's a pretty standard week. We have four field sessions, three weight sessions, um, plenty of meetings, lots of physio, lots of rehab, massage, um, recovery. So all those things as you get older become really important around how you manage your body. Um, you know, there's some times where we play on a Saturday and we, we have a field session on a Monday and for some of the older guys, they may not be able to actually get out on the pitch that Monday because their body's still a bit bashed up. Um, it takes a bit longer to recover. So, yeah, yeah it's, just be, it's just being smart about um, where your body's at, where your mind's at, and, and doing whatever's relevant for that week. Um, obviously, with the younger guys, they're all hungry and keen, and they just get out and then fly into on a Monday, and you sort of sit there and watch and like, um, I remember those days. I wish I could kill, keep doing that, but. Um, no, so yeah, it, for me, it's it, it, I try to keep it as consistent as possible, but the one constant thing for me during the weeks now is the importance of recovery. So ice baths, massage, physio, um, normal text, game ready, sitting on, all that sort of stuff. Because it is the, the weeks just come so quick. You play on a Saturday, you're playing again in five or six days' time. So you just got to be really on top of your recovery, and your nutrition, what you eat, your sleep, all those things. Are, as you get older, become a bit more important. Less time to go out and have beers, unfortunately, because any time I go out and have a drink or celebrate, my whole body just blows up, inflammation, and all these sort of all these sort of things just change as you get a bit older. So, but yeah, the guys the guys try and get into a bit of a routine. Um, there's there's team commitments, obviously, within the calendar and the schedule for the week. But outside of that, guys still go and um, do their own thing. And obviously, living so close to the coast is nice. Always to jump in the ocean or do things like that. So um, we're very fortunate where we live and we're trying to create a real professional environment here. We're, we're set up in El Segundo now and um, there's obviously a lot of other LA teams that train around here with the Kings and the Lakers and yeah. we're not quite at their level around, you know, facilities and professionalism, but we're definitely striving for that in terms of trying to provide a environment where players can really maximise the opportunity each week in terms of being a full-time rugby player. That is absolutely amazing. You know, it's – do you feel being out over in that area around the other teams, does that add a little bit more uh, – we'll say, we'll say, does it add more stress in terms of what we need to do as the Guiltinis to step up and catch up to the rest of the other professional sports cultures here, be it that we're such a new entity here – or do you feel that makes it a little bit easier because we're, uh, we are around those like-minded individuals, athletes, trainers, coaches, um, and there's that, that, that cachet, that reputation of, you know, championship pedigree here in L.A., um, you know, with the Lakers, with the Clippers, with the Dodgers uh, that are out there doing that. Have you, have you run across any of these guys, like, you know, training out, or, you know, do you have any type of passion, like getting a chance to train with some of these guys? Yeah, look, obviously it's something we'd love to try and tap into in terms of um, the collaborating or whatever you want to call it with their resources there. I think when we first uh, formed this team in LA, there's already that expectation that we need to be successful. And I think that's a really healthy thing to, to have because um, it, it forced you to drive really high standards. It forced you to work hard. and. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's an unwanted pressure. It's definitely a pressure that we enjoy. And uh, we know how uh, passionate LA people are around sports. And you, know, you obviously mentioned, unfortunately, Lakers missed out this year and in the finals and how that can affect people and how disappointed people get. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great to be in a city where sport's so big and has had so much success over the years because it forced you to try and contribute to that. Um, 
and you know we did that last year in our first year which is really good but it's for us now we've set that standard we've got to try and back it up and and that's the real challenge when you're the champions everyone's after you so yeah it's really good hopefully moving forward we can um work a bit bit more closely with those organizations those teams and just get a bit of an insight into why they're so successful how they do things um you know and just really live and breathe it because rugby's a global game and you know we play it around the world but i think anyone around the world always looks at american sports and you know iconic lakers dodgers these teams are, are known around the world so to be so close next to them and training near them and have the opportunity to potentially um, see how they operate. It's really exciting and it will only make our club better. So, yeah, more of that moving forward, hopefully. That's uh, that's amazing. You know, let me, <clears throat> in case you guys are unaware, right, the Los Angeles Guiltinis yesterday, in case you missed the match, you guys didn't get an opportunity to get out there. Um, if you have not got out there, do yourself a favor. They're on a bye this, this, coming, this coming weekend. But that next week, I think we're on a, we got a couple of away games coming up. Um, but we definitely want everyone to get out for the May 8th game at the Coliseum. Uh, it's the most anticipated MLR matchup of the season. The Guiltinis will be taking on the Austin Gilgronis. Um, and, you know, kickoff is at 3 p.m. Uh, on May 8th. And it's going to be what, what I like to refer to as a slobber knocker. Like, it's going to be a lot of big hits, uh, a lot of tries. Um, and, you know, and kind of a chess match out there between the, the coaches and the players out there and, and how we, uh, we move uh, on the field to go ahead and see if we can keep that, that hot streak alive uh, and go and get that, that, sixth, that sixth win in a row, which would be amazing. Uh, wh- one question I have for you is, is it hard being such an intricate part of the, the organization? Um, you know, obviously you're on the field the entire time. Do you miss any portion of the game? Like if we're out, we have to sit out the match for whatever reason, be it injury. We're just, we're just ill. Um, you know, maybe it was too hot that day. Um, <laughs> is there anything, is it, is, it, is it hard to sit by and watch your, your brothers go to battle um, and not be able to get out there? and fight with them. But David, I'm going to tell you, I want to push pause on your answer. We have to take a quick break. We're at that time right now. When we come back, we're going to get David's answer to the question. Uh, and I just want to make sure that you guys are all aware you're listening to the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. We're in the lounge today with David Dennis, Guiltini Great, and we will be right back. Good tackle there from Houston. Goddard finds it. Gets it back again. Gets it into the hands there of Thomas. And Thomas can't come up with it. And Houston has it. But I believe there was a penalty assessed to them. And that's what we're talking about. Right now 
Lounge every Monday at 12 p.m. Rebroadcast Monday at 10 p.m., Wednesday at 4 a.m., and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Get into the lounge. This is Bill Pintard of the National Championship Santa Barbara Foresters. You're listening to Big Lou in the Sports Lounge. Welcome back to the lounge. The Sports Lounge with Big Lou. And now, here's your host, Big Lou. Let it come now, Gold! Let it come now! Gold, stop playing! Don't play it on the down! There's a word from Rogan, another penalty on Houston. They carry on, move forward inside of the five to the line, and they take it across. What an effort, charging! Crack to our own out the back of our homes. We smell the musk of the dusk and the crack of the dawn. We go through episodes too, like attack of the clones. What till we break a bag and you hear the crack of the bone to get by? Just to get by, just to get by, just to get by. We commute the computer, spirits stay mute while your ego spread rumors. We survive less, turn to consumers. Just to get by. Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back. It's me, Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge, right here on AM twelve ninety KZSB and ninety six point nine FM. We're in the lounge today with Los Angeles Guiltinis, David Dennis, uh, Locke. And what's the other pool with Lockett? What's your other position out there? Get uh, back row, back row. So in the forwards, in the forwards. Back row. So now, so our listeners who are not huge rugby fans or are still learning the lingo of rugby, that, is that more of a defensive position or an offensive position? Uh, it's a bit of both, uh, but it's more in the front line, you know, in your, in your um, sort of scrimmage lines that we call in football, like your sort of your tight end roles, that sort of role where. Um, obviously, you can receive the ball as well, but you've got to be a bit savvy around how you defend and move your body around. So it's a bit of, it's a bit of both. Um, we don't play offense, defense as much as such in rugby. It's more because uh, it's a continual game. There's no stoppages. Whoever has possession has possession. So you've got to have the ability to play both. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more of a, put it this way, it's, just, it's the bigger, slower guys, not the quick, fast guys. <laughs> put it that way. It's the easiest way to remember it. Well, you know, it, it's funny you say the bigger, slower guys, but it, it's those bigger, slower guys to to the the general public are are big guys who move like like what we call we'll call it poetry in motion, uh, <laughs> if you will. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Dude, listen, guys, if you have not had a chance, again, I, I want to reiterate. Uh, it's the battle of the cousins for first place in the Western Conference. Come watch your Los Angeles Guiltinis take on the Austin. Gilgronis on May 8th at the LA Coliseum in the most anticipated MLR matchup of the season. Kickoff is at 3 p.m. And we will see you all at the Coliseum for the game of the year on May 8th. Right before we went to break, we had asked David a, a question 
in reference to, you know, do, do we feel like, like, are we missing out when that, that time comes and, you know, whether it's due to injury, just an illness, uh, you know, some real life things could be happening with the family, but for whatever reason, we have to miss a match. Does that, does that bug you, stress you out? Like, is it hard to watch when you can't be out there with your brothers in arms, if you will? Um, what was that like, especially for you this past Sunday during the warm up? Like, we did all the prep for the week, we're mentally ready to go, and then we have this freak thing happens uh, that prevents us from having. What's that like in that moment? when that happens and we can't get out there, like what did you experience mentally and emotionally? Uh, and then to sit there and watch such a, a chess battle or a defensive battle uh, that we had this past Sunday um, with a 17 to 12 victory. Like what, what how, how do how do you handle that? Yeah, it's always hard. Obviously um, you get guys who have season injuries or season ending injuries or long-term injuries. So they kind of know that they're not going to be involved, but, uh, to prepare during the week, thinking you're going to be involved and having to pull out late, it's always hard. Um, you know, there's a reason I'm still playing at my age, you know, because I just love – there's parts of the training week which I don't really enjoy much anymore, but there's nothing like game day where you're out there with your, with your teammates and you're fighting to win, to win a game or the competition, um, you know. So, yeah, it's always hard, uh, but it's all part of the game. Unfortunately, these things pop up and you just got to manage them well, but um, – Fortunately, the boys got the job done. Uh, I would, you know, it would have been nice to probably put a few more points on Houston, but we got the results, so it made it a little bit easier for me sitting out of the game. But uh, no, we got the bye this week, and I'll be right. We got Atlanta. We have Atlanta away after the bye, and then we have Austin back on the eighth, as you mentioned. So I'll uh, make sure my body's right for those games. But um, yeah, you, you you're employed to play. Your, your job is to play rugby on a weekend. So when you miss out, it's always disappointing. But it's all it's all part of the game. Man, you know, I, I, I will say I, I now live vicariously through all you guys. Um, you know, it's, it's frowned upon when you're, when you're you know, I'm, I'm still in the fitness industry, have been for a long time. And, you know, it's frowned upon when, when you're, a, when you're a, a bigger guy and you're an adult and you, you have those skill sets. Uh, and then you're bullying kids and beating them up when you're on the field. Uh, it gets frowned upon. But this is my way of kind of staying connected to the game, uh, if you will, at least the physicality of the game. Uh, so I definitely hear you on that and I definitely enjoy watching you guys play. Um, and you know, every now and then there's a little wild hair that comes up like, Hmm, I wonder if I can get out there and run around with those guys. But then, you know, as you were talking about all the impact that the body goes through through years and years, uh, I definitely know if I do. And when I were to get hit, it would be one and done and I'm done for the rest of the year. Uh, not the week. Uh, so you guys are well, just so you know a little bit about Dave Dennis, um, born and raised in Western Sydney. Uh, Dave is one of the most respected figures uh, in the NSW rugby history. Uh, he was picked for the Australian school side in 2004, the beginning of a long and decorated representative career. The lock back rower made his super rugby debut for the Waratahs in 2007 and was a mainstay for the team uh, the better part of a decade beyond that. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop right there for a second. Mainstay team for a decade. Like, I mean, what would you say would be the hardest hit that you have ever taken? And on the flip side of that coin, 
the hardest hit you've ever given to, to someone? Like, is there any way that you can explain or describe that to our listeners so they can understand the, the, the impact and the physicality of rugby? And, you know, before you do answer, I want to say I have a lot of friends that play, play both sides of the coin, and there's that, that never-ending debate. What's more physical? Who hits harder? Is it in rugby or is it in the NFL? You're yeah, yeah. I, 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 obviously, I've never played NFL, but I watch that that sport and I admire how hard those guys hit. And I think with NFL, you tend because it's not as it's not as as an aerobic sport. It's more anaerobic, where it's short bursts. Um, you can afford to get away with guys being a lot heavier. Now, I'm I'm about two fifty pounds, which is it's it's average for a forward. You know, these guys bigger than me. Um, but you know, you got guys in the league who are three hundred pounds in the NFL. So, yes. basic, basic, basic force on you know whatever you want to call it physics that that, that hits probably going to be heavier and harder. But the fact that we don't wear pads or helmets, you can probably argue that's you feel it a bit more in our in our sport. But um, no, I think the hardest, some of the hardest hits I've had. You know, I've played some great um, New Zealand teams who are uh, kind of leaders in world rugby, the All Blacks, who are sort of the world champions. Um, and there's some Polynesian boys there who play back rowers who are, you know, 120, 120 kilos, so like 260, 265. And when those guys hit you, you just, uh, you know, your eyes sort of go fuzzy <laughs> and you're sort of thinking like, wow, what just happened? You, you, don't, you, you sort of have that moment where you don't know, actually know where you are, you know, whether, call that concussion or whatever it is. It's probably, it's obviously a serious issue and something we I shouldn't joke about, but it's literally just that moment where it's a split second and you sort of, got to regather your thoughts and think about where you are because it's just the force in a hit. Um, you can sort of, you can, you can sort of handle, handle the actual physical hit of it. It's more the dents of the ego that hurts. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, wow, I've just, yes. I've just been, I've just been totally manhandled there by that guy. He just had no regard for my well being, and he's just totally <laughs> destroyed me, you know? So once you get over that, the actual physical side of it's not too bad, but, uh, I tend to, uh, I tend to try and look and wait for a little guy, to, you know, like maybe a, a, a wide receiver or someone like that who's running in the back and I can get my opportunity to try and inflict a bit of pain because um, that's that's me trying to be a bit of a bully. But more often than not, when I run into the big guys, I come off second best. So uh, I've got to be smart with my choices around who I decide to try and go after, you know. I, you know what? I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, when I was still playing football, I was the same way. I never wanted to pick on nobody bigger than me. But if you were smaller than me, you better watch your back. <laughs> yeah. And we got a, we've actually got a, a bit of insight into our team. Uh, we have a defensive player of the week here at, at the Giltinis, and uh, they get to wear around an Aaron Donald jersey for the week. So uh, he's a bit of a guy that we, 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 he's a bit of a guy that we look up to and admire. He's uh, obviously his physicality. He, his defensive reads, his um, pressure and all those sort of things. So um, he's a bit of a freak, obviously, and a bit of a guy that everyone admires in the NFL. And we sort of try and award our guy each week the, the Aaron Donald Award and wear his 99 jersey around. So that's pretty cool. That, you know, uh, that's that's pretty fun. And, you know, it. Yeah, I see that a lot in, in Little League sports as well with kids also. Um, you know, it adds another another level of, of energy you know, obviously to practice as well because everybody wants to get that opportunity to to be that person or that player or that guy on the team for that week. It definitely adds another level of of I guess aggression, uh, for lack of a better or controlled aggression, if you will, in terms of 
putting out that much more energy, more drive in the matches as well uh, to raise that level of competition. Um, and I guess, have you received that jersey yet? No, I haven't, unfortunately. There's, um, there's, two, there's two bigger guys, our front row guys. So our one, two, and three, they're the, they're the workhorses. They're the guys that really start to hit hard. So I'm still chasing it. I can't get off the front rowers, unfortunately. Um, and like you said, because, because now one or two of the guys have got it, everyone's, everyone's gunning for it, you know? So they're going above and beyond around their defensive plays each week and their physicality. And uh, it's actually proving hard, it's proving get harder and harder every week because everyone's lifting the standards around how they defend. So uh, I'll hopefully try and get it before the end of the year. I might try and get it last round, then I'll just get to keep it for the off-season, you know? <laughs> that's that's awesome. Hey, okay, let me ask you this. Let's have some fun with it now. Let's let's turn the page a little bit. What would you say is one of the lessons that you've learned from some of your Gil- Giltini's teammates this year? I know, you know, we were all brought together and kind of, you know, we we literally designed it and built this team from the inside out, if you will. And what is some of the the some of the lessons or one of the bigger lessons that you've learned from some of your teammates? Uh, with the guillotines? Yeah, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is I've, I've obviously, uh, as you mentioned, I had 10 years in the Waratahs where I was allowing a lot of people who'd grew, grown up and played rugby. Um, I had four years playing in England with the Exeter Chiefs and that was very similar. Everyone knew what they're doing and had a very similar path in terms of playing from juniors into rugby, whereas um, the thing I've really enjoyed about but found challenging is I've come here to the Giltinis and as you said, there's a lot of guys from around the world uh, with different backgrounds. There's guys who are local guys here from LA and, and West Coast and America who maybe have had a different path to me, but I, they still understand the game, but they think differently and they, they see things differently. And um, that's been really interesting and challenging to uh, try and obviously put my own thoughts and and uh, approach aside and actually understand, hang on, maybe there's other ways of doing things. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, I've enjoyed the fact that we've got a lot of young guys in the team. So when you get older, it's always nice to have some 21-year-old guys around you because it makes you feel young and yeah, makes, you still, makes you still believe that you've still got something to offer, albeit uh, you often get left behind in the sprint training and the, the conditioning <laughs> training, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, just having the young guys around adds a little level because they're still on a path of uh, trying to reach their goals and, and play at higher honours, maybe play for the US Eagles or whatever it may be. So I, I find that really inspiring and real energetic. So, it, it, But then I've got some older guys as well that I can lean on and say, uh, you know, how are you feeling? You struggling as well, you know? So it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a nice mix where we can just all bounce off each other and enjoy the fact that we're all different. We're all from different walks of life, but we're all here trying to achieve the same goal. And that's, that's to win the MLR Championship again. So it's been... It's been really cool, but we've got a, a bit of work ahead of us still. You know, and, and that's what happens when you, you bring a new team into a new part of the country or a state or a town, uh, and then their first year in existence, you guys do nothing but go out and win the championship. Uh, listen, guys, we're hanging out in the lounge today with David Dennis, the guilty, Los Angeles Guiltinis, uh, lead guys, captain of the team. Uh, definitely leading from the front, spearhead, if you will. Uh, we have to take another quick break. But when we are back, we're going to have another question for, for, for David right now. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask the question, then we'll come back with the answer. The question, David, is this. What are some reasons, if not 
maybe one major reason that you would encourage a young kid today to play rugby? Hey, I'm Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. We will be right back. Smith getting it back. A couple of meters away. Zace with a carry. Out wide. Coming over to make the tackle was Trainer. At least slowing him up. Ryberg helping out. Let it come. Let it come. Yeah, he's pinned in there. Let it come. What a possession here by Houston. Can they pay it off? In tight toward the try line, about a meter shy. Smith gets it free into the middle. Trying to go between the post. It's free again. Smith finds it, charging toward the line. Wow, what a defensive effort from the Giltinis. Houston just knocking on the door. Big time. Smith's got it again, out wide. They try it, they get it. Oh, what a finish there. Lesage got it and got it. Got it down, and they come away with it. It's dire. can be found on your radio dial at 96.9 FM and AM 1290 KZSB. Hey, this is Billy Meeks, Senate for the Los Angeles Giltini rugby team. You're listening to the Sports Lounge with Big Lou. This is Jason Olive, creator, writer, actor, producer, and director of Los Angeles Volleyball Club, and you are with Big Lou in the Sports Lounge. Welcome back to the Lounge, the Sports Lounge with Big Lou. And now, here's your host. Big Lou. Everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. It's me, Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. In the lounge today, we have the Los Angeles Guiltinis captain. David Dennis is with us. And just a reminder, actually, I want to just, you know, make it known to all of you guys. The Sports Lounge, that's this show right here on AM 1290 KZSB. The Sports Lounge is now the first radio partner in the Los Angeles Guiltinis Broadcast Network and fans home for Guiltinis news, updates, interviews, uh, post-game interviews, ticket promotions, and etc. Listen, do yourself a favor. Go to guiltinis.com uh, slash schedule. Check out the schedule. That's where you're also going to find your tickets as well. If you have not been out already, do yourself a favor. 
come out and support another L.A. based professional championship sports team. And we're in rugby now. We do it in basketball. We do it in football. We do it in baseball. Now we've taken over rugby. Who's next? That's what I have to ask. Make sure you guys get a chance to get out to a Giltinis game. Again, that's guiltinis.com slash schedule. Uh, the next game is on May 8th. It is a battle for first place in the Western Conference, and the Giltinis will be taking on the Austin Gilgronis May 8th at the Los Angeles Coliseum. Kickoff is at 3 p.m. You don't want to miss that match. It's going to be a fun one. If you like defense, um, you're going to have a lot of it going on. If you like big plays and long runs, you're going to have that too. It's kind of a gumbo pot of exciting plays in sports. uh, And we're using rugby that week as the vehicle. We're back. We're here right now with David Dennis. We dropped a question on him right before we went to the break. And that question was, David, what reasons would you encourage or what are the reasons you would encourage some young kids to play rugby today? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, the biggest reasons for me would be not only do you stay active, stay healthy, engaged with, with your teammates, um, both men and women or girls and boys. It's, it's obviously caters for both, both sexes, which is uh, really cool. Um, it's in the Olympics now in the sevens form. So, you could potentially go and represent your country in the, the Olympics. But uh, probably for me, most importantly, is once you fall in love with the game of rugby, you learn how to play the game of rugby, you can go anywhere in the world, uh, most places in the world, take your rugby boots, and they'll let you come in and play a game. And that's, that's for me, the thing that's always been so appealing for me. Um, you know, I grew up in Western Sydney, and if you ever told me that at the back end of my career, I'll be sitting in Los Angeles playing rugby, like I would never have believed it. So. The games take me all around the world. You can go to Australia, New Zealand, Europe, um, South America, obviously North America now, anywhere in the world, and you could find a rugby club. You'd be accepted. You'd be able to play the game. The game they play in heaven, that's what they call it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, you could fall in love with the game, meet people, you know, all, all the positive things that have come into my life have been through playing the game of rugby and uh, it's something I'm extremely grateful for and I'll just say to young kids, you know, uh, you may not go on and play in the MLR or play professionally but it's a game that you can play for life and it'll take you around the world and you'll meet a fantastic people. Uh, the rugby community is a very, it's a very tight community, albeit global, it's very tight and there's a high level of respect and yeah, it's just a great game and uh, it's challenging, it's physical, it's challenging but um, it's very rewarding. So, uh, yeah, if you're a young girl or boy, uh, you enjoy sport, you enjoy staying fit, you enjoy friends and mateship and all that sort of stuff, camaraderie, then I'd say, yeah, get into the game and it'll be with you for life. You'll never lose that, the love of the game. You know, that's, that's such a huge point, and I'm glad that you touched on that. And, and that's one of the things that I really appreciate from having the experience of, of being able to play college football on the level that I did. Um, you know, we're talking, I'm 30 years removed from it now for the most part. And some of the relationships that I, I built from going through that process, um, you know, it, they're, they're literally set in stone and they're some of the greatest people and, you know, just the makeup of who I am um, as an athlete to an extent, as a competitor, 
as a person, as a, as a, as a, at the time, a young man. And now in my adult years, as a man, uh, I definitely owe a lot of that and very grateful um, for those experiences that I got to have and share with those guys. And, you know, when you talk about it, it's, it's that camaraderie, it's, it's one of those things, unless you actually do it and have been close to it, you won't really understand the camaraderie and the brotherhood that, or the sisterhood in, in rugby. Cause we have, you know, we have female rugby as well. Um, that's, that's, you know, spawned and created out of that. And these relationships can last a lifetime. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I want to have some more fun, which I'm going to throw. So I'm going to test your, your rugby trivia here. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the things we like to do in the sports lounge is just have some fun uh, and see just how much history some of our, our guests may or may not know. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, go for it. Far away. Uh, perfect. Awesome. So that said, let's, let, me, let me go into this first one here. Who is credited with inventing rugby union? Yeah, I think I know that one. Um, it was a gentleman called William Webb Ellis who was in England. And I think they were playing soccer, I think. And he picked up the ball and started running with it or something like that. And then that's how the game of rugby started, I think, something like that. So the, the Rugby World Cup, the trophy they play for is called the Webb Ellis Cup. Uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's my understanding. Is that right? That's, I mean, I, I got to tell you, you're spot on. Now, <laughs> I, I ask these questions and I do these things, especially with, with rugby now, because obviously for the sports lounge, this is, this is a new uh, topic for us to, to be on. And we're, we're super excited to be a part or be, you know, on board with the Guiltinis uh, and to be the first radio partner in the Guiltinis organization uh, to be able to share these interviews, highlights, um, recaps and whatnot. Uh, so I ask these things because this is a way for me to learn more as well. As much as yeah. I know, I'm also well aware of I don't know much. And That's I'm not right. afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to ask questions. So, Dan, uh, you're one for one on the first question. Going into the second question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump down to this one here. I think we'll have a little bit more fun with this one. <laughs> Which three players hold the record for most tries scored in a single Rugby World Cup campaign? Ah, that's a good question. I think I think Brian Haban is one, the winger from South Africa. He'd have to be one. Yeah, you're uh, right on. He is one. Drew Mitchell from Australia. Drew no. Mitchell. Oh, the third one. That's a hard one. Um, most tries in a World Cup campaign. I think it, it might be, even be like an Argentinian guy. Or uh, give me the country, and I'll try and tell you. Give me the country. I don't have his country here. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll, give, I'll give you the initials. Yeah, the give initials. me the initials. J.S. J.S. Um, his was in 2015. Oh, it's not. Is it Smith from New Zealand? No. Uh, J.S. I should, I should know that. 2015 in New Zealand. No, that was in. England, that was. Uh, oh, I should know that. I should know that. Okay, I'm going to kill your curiosity. Julian Sevilla. Oh, Julian Sevilla. Yeah, the, wing, Sevilla. He's the winger. From, he's a Kiwi winger. Oh, he's Samoan born, but he, he's a 
yeah, a winger for the New Zealand All Blacks, Julian Severe. Yeah, I should have known that. Nah, it's all good. I've got the older guys. I'm showing my age a bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, here, I'm going to give you a chance to go ahead and bring that whole question and get the whole correct answer. I'm going to give you a, a, a back-ended insurance question. <laughs> that question pertaining to those three is... How many tries did they each score? Oh, God. I will say this for you. They all scored the same amount, so it's a tie with the three. So that, okay, that'll, yeah. that'll, that'll make it a little bit easier. Yeah, I've got a feeling it's got to be around seven or eight, maybe a bit more. It can't be more than that. They only play three pool games, four pool games, a quarter semi. So they only play seven games, I think, to win the World Cup. So, uh, I'm going to go with eight. Ding, 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 ding. Ladies and gentlemen, he knocked it out the park. The answer is go. eight. That's a great way go. to go with that. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it, even even with, you know, obviously my cup of tea would be, you know, American football that not not soccer for those of you who are listening, like actual traditional football with, with an oblong shaped ball uh, and you can use your hands. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of times when, you know, when there's so much history and so many things that have been done by so many people through, you know, through decades and decades of playing the game. Um, it's, it's fun to think back sometimes um, with as much information as we all know about our craft uh, and the people that, you know, came before us to lay the, lay the foundation, to lay the, the groundwork. Uh, sometimes it's easy to get lost with those things because, you know, years start blending in together and, you know, with the movement of teams and, and getting traded and transferring and, you know, new contracts. It, you know, sometimes we just get lost in the information because there's so much information. Um, I do have one more question for you, though, and let's see how this one goes. Ladies and gentlemen, bear with us. Here it comes. Who has won the Six Nations the most number of times? Oh, that's a good question too. I, uh, yeah, it's definitely not Italy because they never win uh, or Scotland. I think they've only won it once. It's a toss-up between, I think it's a toss-up between Wales or England. Uh, Wales, Ireland, England, that's the three left. Uh, uh, I don't want to say the English. I'm going to say the Irish. Ireland. Ireland. And no, you missed it. You was right on it. It is England. Ah, it that's is all right. England. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. all right. Hey, well, back to uh, back to your history, what you were saying, kind of cool. When we, we first played the Coliseum last year, yeah. uh, we got a bit of a tour of the stadium. They used to play rugby at the Coliseum in the 1930s. Yes, um, they did. Yeah, so it's kind of gone. The general manager there was just Rob. He was just saying that it's kind of cool that eighty odd years ago, ninety odd years ago, they used to play rugby at the Coliseum, and now it's back there. So for me, that history is really important part of the game, and um, it's it's nice to be in touch with it and understand those that have gone before you and and those that have worn the jersey. And we're a new club, and we're trying to create our own history. But rugby's actually been in America for a long, long time, um, albeit. A smaller sport, but there's always been lots of people who understand the game, know the game in rugby in, in America. So that's, and each each week I seem to come across someone who's played the game in college or um, been exposed to it. And it's really, really kind of cool just to talk about their rugby experience. And uh, sure, yeah, it's, it's really cool. 
Yeah, you know, actually, and, and I'll just go ahead and just jump in and piggyback on that with you, uh, per my research and, you know, making sure I'm, you know, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's uh, for you guys and, and what we do here on the show with you guys. Uh, rugby actually started in, in America in the 1800s. Um, and then it was started by a group of guys who actually went to Stanford University. Uh, and then they took that group. If I remember correctly, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I, if they took that group and then they went and competed in England, I think it was, uh, in one of the big rugby contest or or tournaments if you will um and they ended up winning the whole thing yeah i I actually think the first ever olympics uh or the paris olympics in the early 1900s had rugby and america won the gold medal i think correct yeah which is crazy and so crazy and so here's the best part um i'll tell you what we're going to come back, guys. we got to take one more quick break, but I want to come back and finish that part about the first U.S. team, uh, a, group of, a group of young men from Stanford playing in the Olympics, in rugby, winning the whole thing. And when we come back from break, I'll tell you what happened uh, and how they actually had to leave the stadium. Hey, in the lounge today, it's Dave Dennis, Los Angeles Guiltini's captain. I'm Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge, right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back. The Sports Lounge with Big Lou. This is Ron Miles. You are here on the Sports Lounge with Big Lou on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. The Sports Lounge can be found on your radio dial at 96.9 FM and AM 1290 KZSB. Hey, I'm Mike Pereira. I'm like a referee everywhere. I guess in the NFL and the USFL, if they brought the Arena League back, I might be there too. And I am in the Sports Lounge with Big Lou. Just follow the f***ing show. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's me, Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. In the lounge, I've been hanging out with David Dennis, captain of the Los Angeles Guiltinis, defending MLR champions. They are on another hot streak right now. Uh, what is it? Six games in a row? If I, if I, did I say that right? Six in a row now? Five. Five, five, five in, in a row. row. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Soon to be six. Soon to be six. There you go. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm forecasting. 
casting right now. That's what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> and uh, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, again, uh, to get your Guiltinis tickets, make sure you just go to guiltinis.com slash schedule. Uh, and you can go ahead, flip through the schedule, see which game you want to go to and click on it and uh, we'll get you all squared away. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss a match. Um, they're doing amazing things right now. Again, defending champions. And one of the biggest matches of the year is coming up. It's the Battle of the Cousins for first place in the Western Conference. That's against Austin Gilgronis on May 8th at the Los Angeles Coliseum. It is the most anticipated MLR matchup of the season. Kickoff is at 3 p.m. We look forward to seeing you all there. We want more fans in the stands with cans in their hands. So let's get out there and support the Los Angeles Guiltinis. Right before we went to break, uh, we were talking about the, the first uh, American rugby team that played in the Olympics um, in Europe. And I'll tell you, you know, it was funny. Everyone was so upset that this this American team from Stanford, a bunch of college kids got together from Stanford. They uh, went out and played in the Olympics. They won that Olympic gold medal, as you so as you stated, David. And then they had to be escorted out the stadium because there was such a, a, a ruckus, and people were so upset that they felt that these guys were in danger in some respect um, because the fans were so upset. Like is I mean I, I I've never seen any rugby fans like really go off. I've seen it happen at a football match. I've seen it happen at a baseball match. But do the fans get really that crazy at a rugby match? Um, uh, at least in your experience, have you, that you've seen through the years, uh, and and does it get pretty dangerous out there like that at times? I find it yeah, exciting. No, it's stuff. not. It's, no, it's all pretty. It's all pretty calm compared to other sports. I think. Uh, I think that ruckus in, in the early 1900s is the fact that the U.S. beat the French in their own backyard. I think it was the Paris Olympics and the gold medal match was between USA and, and France and they beat them. So the French locals probably thought, how's this happening? You know, how's this team from America who hardly played the game come over and win the gold medal? So uh, I, could understand, I could understand their uh, attitude after the game. But uh, no, the game's always been um, quite a respectful game. And uh, look, there's... I've played in teams around the world where it's quite territorial and you, you grew up uh, rooting for a certain team and it's sort of you versus the rest of the world, that sort of um, vibe as well. But it's never never got beyond that. Um, I think people were proud of their teams who they support, but it's never, sure. it's never been a sport where there's been, you know, abuse or violence or whatever. For some reason, it's never come into our game, but uh, there's definitely a healthy rivalries and, you know, we're starting to form a real healthy one now with uh, San Diego. It's only two hours down the road. So um, we play for the California Cup because we're the, the two Californian-based teams. And, uh, you know, there's teams around the league in MLR. There's obviously three teams in Texas who have a nice, healthy rivalry. So I think it just goes with the territory. And being a physical, being a physical game, um, you've got to be proud of the jersey you're wearing or you won't get the result. You know, you've got to, go, you've got to play hard. Absolutely. You know, I, I will say this, and, and it's the essence of sportsmanship uh, on all levels, uh, youth sports, college sports and professionally. Um, you know, we have these these big, physical, demanding, hard hitting matches. Um, and while the match is going on, you know, certain things could be said. Um, hits could be a little bit harder, especially when there's a rivalry match. But when it's all said and done. That's the essence of sportsmanship when, you know, these guys, these girls, 
uh, these athletes can meet in the center of the field, shake hands, um, and have that that common respect uh, and appreciation for what each one does on the field. Uh, it's never personal, um, and and that's the beauty of the game. You know, I can't say the same for the fans in the stands. At times, you know, um, you know, fans may have other variables within the equation that could, uh, you know lead to why they might be so emotionally distraught or a little bit verbally intrusive uh, to another person's personal space. Uh, but that's also the fun of, you know, some of the fun, if you will, uh, in terms of cheering for your team and, you know, telling the other visiting teams fans to, you know, basically, you know, you're not that great. I'm, I'm not going to use any choice words right now on the radio. Um, but I think everyone listening and watching knows exactly what I'm alluding to and getting at. Um, and everyone wants to support their team um, wearing the jerseys, you know, hanging in the stands, making jokes, talking trash. Uh, and it's just, it's unfortunate sometimes that, you know, people can push the envelope a little bit more uh, and take it personal when they in fact have zero, zero stake in the game in itself. Um, it's just trash talking is what it is. You know, David, how can people keep up with you, find you? Um, what do you have going on? Any, any like websites, charities that you're supporting? Uh, what do you have going on personally? Let's put that out there and make sure we get people uh, the right information to follow you and support you on your journey. Um, oh, look, I'm, I'm a bit old school. Uh, I, I started playing the game before social media. So I don't have a lot of social media. I've got Instagram, so you can follow me on that. Dave, Dave Dennis671 East, uh, on Instagram. But um, no, if you follow the Guiltinis on Instagram or our website, um, obviously I'm heavily involved there and you'll see where um, where we're playing, where, where we engage the community. We really try and get out and support local local communities. I was at a YAL uh Centre last Friday in Compton, just with some young kids playing tag rugby, and uh, I really enjoy that stuff. And I think it's really cool that there's there's young kids around Los Angeles County that are learning the game, and uh, we always try and do as much of that as we can. So, um, yeah, if you if you follow the Guillotinis and everything we do, you'll there's a fair chance you'll run into me and some of the other players and see us out in the community engaging with young kids and and, and uh, charity organizations. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great city. We're, we're proud to be in this city, but we've also got a responsibility to try and give back to the city as well. So uh, that's, that's something we're all trying to do. Man, that's super exciting. And we definitely are excited to have you guys here and appreciate you guys obviously giving back to the Guiltinis. You know, we had the first responders match a few weeks back. Um, and, you know, the Guiltinis, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they had every first responder come through the gates uh, for free. And then everyone else, general public that came into the to the match, uh, we also had 30 uh, percent off on tickets for all of our community that was coming out as well. Listen, hey, guys, we're at that point right now. We got to shut it down. I want to send a big shout out, a big thank you to David Dennis for taking time out of his day to join us here in the Sports Lounge. And you have been listening to Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. We will see you next week. Too good, look too good to be alone. My house clean, my pool 
Evolve Entertainment. The Sports Lounge with Big Lou's executive producers are Jeremiah Higgins and Lewis Jones. I am the commentator and co-host Tony Kelly. The Sports Lounge with Big Lou's master sound engineer is Dr. D, a.k.a. Richard Dugan. See you next week in the lounge, the Sports Lounge with Big Lou. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.